Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Dennis Tebergen about how to design your retirement income map. Dennis is a financial advisor and has a radio show with 70,000 listeners every week. And what I found uh, best about Dennis is he has a way to explain about how to prepare for retirement. That's just something really worth bringing to you. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Dennis, welcome to the show. Jeremy, it's a pleasure to chat with you again and uh, happy to be here. Yeah, well, I can tell already why you have a radio show. You've got a much better radio voice than I do. But besides that, tell us a bit about yourself and well, let's talk about the radio show too. Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity to do that. I am a financial advisor by trade and training um, in the mid-90s, so I'm giving away my age a little bit. I was a co-founder of a broker-dealer in which I sold my interest uh, because I was a glutton for punishment. Uh, we bought and built and sold another broker-dealer. That stopped in 2011. Uh, for our listeners that may not be familiar with a broker-dealer, they employ stockbrokers. So I spent a good deal of my time supervising stockbrokers and working with regulators. Along the way, um, uh, starting in 2011, I've written seven books on consumer finance. Uh, I'm convicted that we're entering an economic time frame unlike any other, which motivates me to do the radio show, which motivates me to write and educate and talk to smart people like you to collaborate. So that's just a real quick overview about me. Oh, that, that's great. Appreciate you sharing that. And I imagine part of the idea you have that the upcoming economic time frame might be unlike any other is related to inflation. Am I right there? Yeah, I think uh, inflation uh, history teaches us. Uh, in fact, the older I get, Jeremy, the smarter my history professor becomes. <laughs> he told me that those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. And I think that's exactly what we're doing. I think this period of inflation will be followed by a period of severe deflation, as one of the founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, warned us about. Yeah, well, then everyone's trying to beat inflation. So tell me, how can people beat today's rampant inflation? Well, you know, uh, just to digress a minute before I uh, answer the question, I think one of the things the Fed is trying to do is uh, at least convince everyone that they're fighting inflation. But to do that, you have to have real positive interest rates. And the way the inflation rate you and I know is a bit suspect, food and fuel are not included in the official calculation. But to cure inflation, to stop inflation, you have to have real interest rates that are positive, and we're a ways from that. So I think the Fed is ultimately going to fail in their efforts. Um, ultimately, if you're planning for retirement, uh, my revenue sourcing book, uh, which I'd be glad to send any listener a copy if they want to go to revenuesourcingbook.com, I'll be glad to get them a copy of it out, absolutely free. I talk about two buckets of money. You need a bucket to protect some assets when the deflationary piece hits. You also need to have a bucket to protect against inflation. And when you want to protect against inflation, it's as simple really as thinking about what can't they print? You know, you can print more currency, but you can't print more gold. You can't print more silver. You can't print certain types of real estate. So certainly tangible on some of your portfolio, I think is something many people should be taking a look at. Well, you, you answered how to beat inflation. And I uh, you gave a, a hint there that you, you ought to be prepared for both. You've got kind of a bucket for inflation, a bucket for deflation. How do you invest if it's going to have a deflation effect coming up? Well, I think to answer that question, you have to go back and again, go back to my history professor. On August 15 of 1971, then President Richard Nixon eliminated the link between the dollar and gold. 
the dollar went from being an asset redeemable for gold to being debt. Uh, starting at that point, currency was loaned into existence. So that's a hard thing to get your head around. But when currency is debt, when debt builds to a point that it can't be serviced, you have debt defaults, and that means the currency supply contracts, and that leads to deflation and ugly things like real estate markets crashing, stock markets crashing, and so on. So at the time of the financial crisis worldwide, there was $100 trillion of debt. It's mind-boggling to think that today there's $300 trillion in debt. So we are going to see, I believe, more issues in the banking system, and I believe that this is going to take its toll on traditional asset classes, uh, you know, like stocks and, and some real estate. Um, and I know it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when it comes to real estate, but we can clarify that if we have time. Yeah, just tell me what type of real estate maybe would help with deflation. I think when you look at uh, real estate overall, I expect commercial real estate will do very poorly. Um, I expect that uh, housing, I think we're already seeing a decline in markets like the Bay Area of California, Seattle. Uh, we've got year over year price declines of 35%. So I believe that's the canary in the coal mine. I believe that's starting now. Uh, when you look at the 50 year relationship between stocks and commodities, Commodities are extremely undervalued, more so than any time in the last 50 years relative to the value of stocks. So I'm expecting commodities, including agricultural commodities, to do extremely well moving ahead. And typically you see farmland, uh, agricultural land, uh, that tracks the price of agricultural commodities. So I'd be a fan of farmland here and not so much a fan of other commercial real estate or residential real estate. Well, and even just the, the commercial real estate part, it's not just a matter of inflation, deflation. It's just how people are, are working uh, these days. It seems like there's less than 60% occupancy. You might have 10 people at the office uh, or 10 people in your company, but only six of them are at the office at a time, it seems like these days. Well, yeah, I don't know where you are today, but I'm in my home office and uh, there's more of us doing that. And I think COVID as crazy as it was, taught a lot of companies that, hey, I don't have to have my people in the office. I don't have to pay that overhead uh, and have that expense to make my company run efficiently. I can make, I can run more efficiently and maybe have happier employees if I let some of them work remotely. So I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Well, speaking of COVID, you wrote a book in the middle of COVID. I'm going to tell you the subtitle of this book. It's Retirement Planning Strategy for the Post-Pandemic World. Dennis, you published that May 5th, 2020. Uh, people weren't even out of the government lockdowns and you already had the book ready to go in terms of what people should be thinking of after the pandemic. So what did you think would work for post-pandemic investing in 2020 and how has that worked the last three years? What a good question. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, you could predict and, and you saw at the time of the lockdowns that the government's response was pretty predictable. It's we need to stimulate the economy. We're going to do that by spending more money we don't have. And I'm going to sound like a libertarian dinosaur here, but I happen to be old school. I happen to think that you shouldn't spend more than you take in. Uh, there's a couple of us left on the planet that still subscribe to that line of thinking. Um, so I, I thought that we would we would see massive inflation as a result of uh, what the government was doing. And when the Fed created $5 trillion out of thin air, you don't have to be a trained economist to figure out that inflation is going to emerge. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, I think we're in the middle of a wave of inflation. I expect it to accelerate. But ultimately, I think that big level of debt, that $300 trillion we talked about, will be the dominant economic force and that will lead to deflation. So uh, again, the revenue sourcing book, um, 
uh, was in the works. Uh, but when the CARES Act was passed, the SECURE Act was passed, and, and all this predictable government spending occurred, um, I just said, hey, what, what we've predicted now, I believe, will be accelerated because of government policy, because of Fed policy. That's exactly what's happened. Um, I think that uh, precious metals have not uh, actually reacted the way I would expect them to. I'm expecting there will be a big bull market in, in gold and silver moving ahead, as well as other commodities, as I've mentioned. So overall, with the exception of gold and silver not performing well, I mean, we, we called uh, the market top in December of 2021. That's exactly what's happened. I believe there's a lot more downside for stocks here also. Got it. Well, uh, we've talked almost a bit about doom and gloom just a little bit. I can't uh, blame anyone for thinking that the way that the stock market's been going up and down lately. But at the same time, the title of your book is Revenue Sourcing. And I just found that an interesting uh, way to, to present it. I never heard a retirement or investment plan kind of described that way. What, tell me, what is revenue sourcing? Well, uh, it's a, essentially a two-step process. It goes a little bit deeper than that, but on a, on a 30,000 foot view level, we're putting together an income map. So if you're thinking about retiring, uh, the first thing you need to do is figure out how much income you're going to want or need. If you don't know, you're like most people that I talk to that are planning to retire. So you, you want to source your social security to maximize that. If you're lucky enough to get a defined benefit pension, you want to make sure you maximize that. Uh, you want to figure out how much net income you're going to need during retirement. You spend the net, not the gross. And then how much money will you need to pull out of your investments? And is that feasible? And once the map is designed, the second step of the revenue sourcing process is to build an allocation map to give you the highest probability to allow your revenue sourcing uh, income map to be successful. So that, that's where we allocate how much money do we put in in a safe money asset, and a safe money bucket, and, and how much money do we allocate to the inflation bucket? It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com. Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Yeah, I like it because it just really breaks down, especially what's more important uh, and what you can control. You can control... Uh, how much you spend, and you can control when you file for Social Security. You can control what you do with your your pension. You can't control the stock market, but that's the second step is when it comes to the allocations, how much risk do you take in the stock market? How much do you put towards uh, what you're calling safe money type investments? And you mentioned it earlier. Uh, you beat me to the punch. I, I love giving away books on our podcast. And so I'll just tell everyone uh, to go ahead to revenuesourcingbook.com and Dennis will take care of it for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for saying that again. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Good. Well, you've also talked to hundreds, probably more like thousands or even tens of thousands of investors uh, in your personal business, but also through the, the radio show and, and the podcast. What are the biggest mistakes people make when investing their IRA and 401k? Well, um, I think there are many, but I'll talk about two. I think one 401ks tend to be expensive and tend to be limited in the investment options they offer. That's not universally true, but it's largely true. 
So I think um, knowing what asset classes that you have available in your 401k, and if they're traditional asset classes like stock funds and bond funds, I would urge you to do a bit of a reassessment. Um, I, would, I would encourage you to go back and see how particularly the stock funds have performed when the market's down. Understand approximately at least what your historical drawdown risk is. So I think the mistake people make to answer your question is they don't know what their drawdown risk is. Um, drawdown is just defined as how far does a particular asset class drop from peak to trough. And as you know, the break-even curve is brutal. It doesn't forgive too much. A 50% decline in the market requires 100% gain to get back to even. That's just brutal math. Uh, so you want to make sure on some of your money, particularly money you need for income in your allocation map, that you're not subjecting that to market risk. I think along with that, you want to know what fees you're paying internally in your investments. Nobody works for free. Um, I think many people overpay uh, on the management fees they're paying in their investments. Uh, so it's good to know both of those things. The second big thing I would say is understand that the IRA and the 401k that you have uh, puts you in an investing partnership with the IRS. The IRS is going to get their share of that account. The question is, when are you going to choose to give it to them? If you wait till age 73, uh, you're going to be compelled or forced to start taking money out according to a prescribed schedule. Um, so because we have lower tax rates here for 2023, 2024 and 2025, uh, and then the Trump tax package sunsets and we revert back to the rates that were in effect in 2017, many people should be taking a look at, can I eliminate the IRS's involvement on some or all of my IRA or 401k at a tax discount? over the next few years. A lot of people aren't looking at that and I think that's a mistake. Well, I like the word you said, which is choose. When do you choose to pay those taxes? Because it's going to happen. And when you're working, the prevailing wisdom is let's pay the taxes later. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of wisdom behind that outside of, well, you can somewhat predict what your tax rates are gonna look like. Or at the minimum, you can find kind of points in time when your taxes will change. I was just looking at with somebody yesterday and seeing that you have a tax situation that will change in 2026 because of the, the tax loss. Uh, you have a tax situation that'll change when you retire, and then it'll change when you turn on Social Security, and then it'll change when you have required minimum distributions. And then finally, what most people fail to remember or probably don't even want to think about is if you're married at some point in time in your retirement, one of you is not gonna be married. I guess you both won't be married. One of you's dead. <laughs> And that surviving spouse is filing as a single individual, and yet their property taxes are the same, their RMDs are exactly the same. You've got these situations where your income probably drops or will drop at least a little bit from losing some Social Security, and yet your tax rates, your tax brackets most likely go up. So you can find, and I don't like the word predict, I don't think compliance uh, individuals uh, that are listening right now to me <laughs> like the word predict, but you can very much project, like there are different points in time where your situation will change and you get to choose when you pay those taxes, most often through things like, like Roth conversions. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think that uh, you talked about required minimum distributions. Uh, uh, roughly speaking, if you have a 4% assumed growth rate, which most people I think would say is pretty conservative, if you're taking a distribution of X at age 73, by the time you're 93, you're almost 2X. 
So the other thing people don't stop to think about is, hey, if I'm going to be forced to take out an ever increasing percentage of my retirement accounts every year and I get a reasonable rate of return on my investments, I'm going to continue to have to take more money out of my IRAs or 401ks if you leave the money there, which, as we said, you probably shouldn't do. What impact will that have on my taxes, on my Medicare Part B premiums? What impact will that have on the way my Social Security is taxed? There's a lot of, of, of balls to keep in the air, if you will, and a lot of things to pay attention to. Yeah, definitely. Well, what are some tax savings strategies for those people with the IRAs and the 401ks? Well, I think one of the things, Jeremy, uh, that, that you just mentioned, I would wholeheartedly agree with, and that is you, you should be taking a look to see if Roth conversions make sense for you over the next few years. Roth conversions do not require a distribution. Uh, Roth distributions are not included in the formula that determines how much of your Social Security is taxable. There's only two exceptions. There's only two types of income that are excluded from that formula, a Roth distribution and income from a properly structured insurance product. Other than that, IRA distributions are going to mean you might pay more tax on your Social Security. And, you know, for most people, you probably will. So I think doing Roth conversions now while tax rates are lower. And, and just to illustrate that, if we have a second, if, if you have a married filing jointly tax return today, you can have up to $364,200 in income before you get out of the 24% bracket. In 2026, based on what we know now about the law, you're going to jump into the 25% bracket at about $90,000 in income. It is absolutely huge, and it's a big opportunity for a lot of people. So that can, over the long haul, reduce taxes and reduce tax on Social Security. There are many other strategies, as you know, but uh, that, that's probably the big opportunity that exists today. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing a bit about the revenue sourcing, a bit about things that people can do to really just take control of their tax situation. I've got one more question for you, Dennis, but before that, tell us what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Yeah, best thing to do is just go to revenuesourcingbook.com, request the book, and uh, when you get the book, there'll be some bonus information that we send you and all the contact information will be in there. So that's probably the simplest Get a free book, get a perspective, and then uh, if you want to reach out, there'll be information in that package. Yeah, we, we love education here, and who doesn't love a, a free book? So thanks for, for sharing that, Dennis. And of course, if you're interested in learning more about the work I do with the Kyle Financial Partners, just check us out at retirement-revealed.com. All right, Dennis, final question. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about, and remember this podcast is rated clean. Wow, now you painted me into a corner, Jeremy. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, few people know about okay um i would say that uh one of the habits that i acquired about 10 years ago that has been very beneficial from a professional perspective and a personal perspective uh is journaling and not a lot of people know i do it um my golf buddies would probably be shocked to know that i do it but it's uh it's a terrific uh habit that i've gotten into it's a good way to center yourself and a good way to kind of get in touch with you and give you some perspective so there i've uh I've given you something touchy-feely and clean for your Excellent. Request. I appreciate that. And uh, there's, I know there's some quotes about the unexamined life and not worth living or something like that. You're, you're examining your life and making sure that you're, uh, you're moving in the direction you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been very beneficial for me. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that about uh, yourself and also about uh, all your financial wisdom. Thanks for coming on the show, Dennis. Jeremy, a pleasure. Enjoyed being on your show and uh, we'll, we'll connect again down the road, hopefully. That'd be great. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. 
This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning.